just how do we balance e-commerce success with doing the right thing for the planet? It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. Can you believe we've nearly finished our January growth series? We always get a lot of new listeners in January. So if that's you, a very warm welcome. You've picked a great time to tune in to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Here on the podcast, we bring you inspiring stories and examples of retailers and brands who are striving for e-commerce success and doing interesting things on the path to net zero. And every January, we release our January growth series to help you pull together your perfect plan for 2022. If you're a regular listener, thank you for tuning into these. I hope they've been super helpful for you, um, as I know they are every year. Now, we announced back in December that we're now jointly focused on helping you make your business more successful and on helping you on your path to net zero. In this episode, we're tackling how you achieve both. I'm joined by a net zero specialist who was at COP26, and we're going to be explaining why you should get your business onto the path to net zero, how to start your journey, and possibly most importantly, how to communicate what you're doing for maximum impact. Before all that, though, please do check out our sponsors. Are you looking to increase your sales without a lot of extra work? Omnisend's email and SMS marketing automation platform is tailor-made for e-commerce businesses like you. It's got everything you need to start making more sales immediately, including one-click integrations with the major e-commerce platforms and super easy migration from your existing email marketing platform. They even have award-winning all-human 24-7 customer support who will help you out in under six minutes. No more trying to get past the chatbot. Omnisend is trusted by over 70,000 e-commerce brands and me. Yes, we run our email marketing on the Omnisend platform. Ready to join us? Well, sign up for a free account at ecmp.info forward slash Omnisend and use the code masterplan2022 to save 15% on paid plans when you need them. And now to introduce today's guest expert, Adam Bastock is the founder of Small99, who provide practical guidance to net zero for small business owners. He is on a mission to guide 1 million micro businesses to net zero by 2025. Hello, Adam. Good afternoon. Lovely to be here. It's lovely to be chatting with you. I always like our catch-ups because we we can talk a lot. Um, and usually, historically, we'd be talking SEO and e-commerce marketing. But now in this shiny new world we're inhabiting, we are going to be talking net zero. So why why did you choose to go from being an e-commerce SEO specialist to becoming one of the leading voices for helping small businesses in particular tackle this net zero opportunity? It's a good question, and I think it's a more obvious connection than people might realize, but it does sound like a little bit of a leap. So essentially, it comes from the fact that I saw net zero, well, I'll start. So SEO, very big industry. You've got Brighton SEO. You've got a lot of information out there. There's loads of big companies that do a lot of good work. There's a lot of consultants and agencies and stuff out there as well that are typically translating a lot of very complex information around how Google works into practical action for e-commerce businesses. That was kind of what I tried to do and go 
what does this mean? What is the latest news from Brighton SEO or whatever conference it is? Or what does it mean for your business? So what I've now done is basically I'm doing the same thing, but rather than SEO, it's around net zero. So we're recording this in, in November just to peek behind the curtain. But so we're coming out the back of COP26 and there is a, a lot of noise coming out of that for those two weeks kind of in the run up and kind of post that. That most businesses don't really need to know about or care about, but there's a lot of information in there that you do need to know that are going to impact your business, but it's about filtering through that noise. So it's the, the move is essentially taking that same communication gap problem and being the solution there, because I really do believe that net zero is not really a technological problem. We've got a lot of technology we need. It's not really a, a financial problem, because if we want the money to be there, the money can normally be found. So it's more of a marketing problem, where it's actually just people aren't being sold the right message around net zero and the opportunities there, which I think we'll probably come on to later, but it's more around that just communication gap of there's a lot of answers out there. There's a lot of information out there. It's just what is appropriate for you and what do you need to know and, and, and closing that gap as quickly as possible. Hence the one million by 2025, because it is a climate crisis, not a, a, a climate wonder. Or yes. <laughs> yes, this isn't a nice to have, is it? Um, if you were saying uh, we're going to guide 1 million micro businesses to SEO success by 2025, <laughs> I'd say you're probably being a bit overly ambitious there, Adam. But, but I like... I like that. And I hope personally, I hope you hit 2 million and that we can help you do it. Because I think for me, one of the things that came out of the COP and all that's been going on kind of in Q4 2021 around this is that the politicians are going to get us so far. The big organizations are going to get us so far, but there's a huge amount we as individuals and as small business owners can do. And as we're going to come on to shortly, I think it's an opportunity for creating a more successful business too. So before we get into the debate about what came out of COP, which audience we have had quite a long discussion about already uh, before hitting record, why is it that all companies should be considering going net zero? Why should it be on all our plans in 2022? Yes, there's there's two answers here. One that's going to apply, I think for the B2B people out there, the case is is very clear. And I think for the B2C business out there, it's, it's, it's even clearer but there are two kind of pressures there that are being applied. So from the B2C side, you've got your consumers who are typically, and there's plenty of studies out there, I don't know the stats, but you know, it's, it's not. It's kind of a fact at this point that everyone's very anxious about the climate and they want to do something about climate change. Typically, your business offering a product that is net zero or climate positive in some way alleviates that climate anxiety. And therefore, that's a very positive emotional response that people have. And therefore, people are going to spend more money with you as a result of that. So that's one very blunt, short kind of example of it where, you know, if you're doing good for the climate, you're going to attract more customers because people want to do something about the climate. So that's one part of it. And you can go into that into a lot of detail, but do that another time. I think on the B2B side, the, the second half of it is more from a, a, a legal legislative point of view, where so out of COP, there was a big announcement around um, the, the Task Force for Climate Related Disclosures and the SDR, which I can never remember what, what it is. But essentially, it means that large corporations who are using their supply chain will have to start measuring their climate impact and their environmental impact. And it's a very different change in wording that came out of COP, where before it was measuring their their exposure to climate change, whereas now they're measuring their contributions to climate change. So you can imagine there that if Tesco's is running a a fleet of diesel vans, that's increasing their risk to climate um, 
just badness, <laughs> bit of, a, <laughs> bit of a, a, a fall over there from my brain. But you know, they're increasing their risk to future damages coming from the climate, and therefore they need to reduce that down. And as part of that reducing that down, and I'll get to the point in a minute, part of their their net zero emissions are tied up in their supply chain. And as a supplier to their business, if you are supplying Tesco's or someone who supplies Tesco's, no matter how far kind of removed they are. At some point, you're going to be asked about that, and you're going to need to demonstrate that you are not increasing Tesco's climate uh, contributions or their, you know, increasing their risk to climate change. So that's it's a little bit more, it's less exciting and less sexy, but I think it's almost more powerful because it does mean that all these large companies who are buying stuff, right down to you selling them, you know, A4 reams of paper to send to their office, you're going to need to demonstrate that that, that paper isn't making their company worse and that you're not making their job harder. So those are the two things, really. I think the consumer side, it's, it's a bit nicer because it's a very emotional, positive thing from the business side. And I think we're probably about 18 months away from this becoming mainstream, maybe, maybe a bit sooner. But at some point, you will be asked, what is your climate impact? What is your environmental risk, um, policy? Are you increasing our risk to, to climate change? Are you making our jobs more difficult? Hopefully that makes sense. It does make sense. We'll forgive you that brain freeze because you have both attended COP and been trying to make sense of all that's come out of COP, which I, I can imagine could fry anyone's brain because I'm merely on the fringes and I'm feeling quite fried as well. Yeah. Um, but what, what I like about what you said there is that essentially we've got, there's, there's the stick and there's the carrot. The stick being legislation, which whilst it's not yet reached small business yet, it has reached the businesses we supply to. So we're going to be expecting you know, we're going to be asked the questions. So we might as well get our house in order ready for when we're asked and ready for when the legislation reaches us. And also on the, on the carrot side, consumers want to be doing better. They're not necessarily going to email us and go, what's your policy? But they are wanting that kind of checklist of, do you do this? Are you vegan? Are you this? Are you that? Are you net zero? And it's becoming a way of attracting them in within the story as well. So I think there's, for me, it's a no-brainer. Um, I think we should all be doing this to try and save the planet. But there's also the stick and the carrot, which which you've you've put put very clearly there, Adam. What I want to focus on, partly because this is our January growth series where we're talking about growth, and this episode is to be what the opportunity is around sustainability, net zero, etc. But also because I think there's a huge opportunity for the e-commerce sector, for the retail sector to help change consumer habits is for us to focus in rather than how to become net zero, Mm. how to leverage net zero to make our businesses more successful and across our marketing. So before we get into that, we should probably acknowledge that retail is one of the worst industries out there, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's it's driven by typically consumption and therefore the more you consume, the more emissions you're creating. And I think this is a big not to get too political on this, but around a, a lot of the people who may point to China and say, well, look at their emissions, they're much higher than ours. You get into the idea of consumed emissions rather than generated emissions. So the UK might only generate, I don't know what, what the figure is, but you know, 10% of world emissions, but it's actually consuming far higher than that because the, you know, the, the lives we have in the UK are unsustainable. They are very high consumption. So Therefore, retail is a bit of an inflection point where you have to demonstrate, even if it's the most sustainable one in the world, it is still going to be consuming resources and moving them around in probably quite a linear 
way. And then we get into, and this is probably an entirely separate podcast, but the circular economy where you go rather than buy, consume, throw away, you get into buy, reuse, 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 keep reusing it and keep reformatting it, recycling it, repurposing it and and a lot of that stuff. And that is partly where the opportunity lies. So before we jumped on this um, call, you you mentioned a company that was taking um, kind of clothing and the secondhand market around secondhand clothes and making that easier. I think there's a lot of examples out there of companies doing that. So I can't remember the name of them, but there's one that's uh, a, a charity that, you know, they're basically digitizing charity shops. So rather than me having to go around 25 different uh, charity shops to try and find a shirt that fits me that I like, I can go online and buy it, but it's still buying a secondhand clothes. And I think there's a lot of examples out there around that. So this is where the, the shift and the opportunity lies. And it is a change, but it is a, it is a fundamentally an opportunity. Yeah, now the app Adam just mentioned is called Schwap, S-H-W-A-P. And we've got the founder of that on the podcast in about uh, about 11 days time, if my maths is right, which it probably isn't right today, but it's coming up very soon, people. So watch out for that one because it's an amazing, amazing app. Um, so retail, obviously problematic because we're encouraging people to consume more and supply chains and all the rest of it. But as I said, I think there's there's an opportunity for us to to help uh, people change and to, and to do more. So how do we how do we go about running a successful e-commerce company whilst also not or contributing less to the problem, I suppose, and, and also going net zero? Are there any kind of key things we should be thinking about? I think the first one is profit. Um, let's get the kind of what is typically quite a dirty word out of the way. And the reason why net zero is, is is actually part of that profit journey in that typically a lot of the actions around net zero are about reducing waste. And waste is normally money and therefore the less you're spending on producing an item the more profit you make and the more money you're going to make at the end of the thing so you're assuming you're selling it for the same price so there are many examples of this but the idea being let's look at like delivery slips if you're sending out ten thousand orders a month and you're shipping an a4 sheet of paper with all of those delivery slips in for every order that's ten thousand pieces of paper you're using a month let's just stop doing that because people typically pick them up and put them in the bin or recycling that's immediately saving you money every month on the amount of paper you're consuming. Times that by every other aspect of your production cycle in your business, and that's going to make you a lot more money by going through this process. So I think the first thing is that net zero isn't the cost. It's about return on investment, and it is an investment in making your business more profitable for a variety of reasons. Cost being the most tangible to really understand. Then you do get into the circular economy and maybe looking at your waste streams and going, well, actually, there's ways that we can sell our waste to other companies. Again, not going to go into that here too much, but there's a, there's a interesting ones more so in the food sector with like coffee companies and cafes that are selling their coffee grinds to cosmetics companies to then purpose them into oils. Interesting stuff. So th- this is where the business opportunities are really coming from in that it's about changing how you think about your business and there's entirely new business models coming through in a way that it's more than just doing eco things like going vegan or planting trees. Like that, they're obviously part of this journey, but there's more exciting stuff that's a bit more big. <laughs> that makes sense? That it's more about yeah. shifting how you do business that is more difficult to, to get your head around, but that's where the opportunity lies because it's 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 just a, a, a better way of, of, of doing business and uh, it's, this isn't a problem that's going to go away. So the more you think about that and if you can crack that, that's how that um, change is going to happen. And I think the biggest thing we've heard it from the CBI this week um, and it's, it's been a mission mentioned by many people over the past six months is that this is an industrial revolution. This is 
on that scale of seismic shift where we have to stop how we're doing things one way and it's going to change to be another way. That is mean there are going to be some losers, but there's going to be a lot more winners out of this as well. Um, and hopefully those losers will be kind of mostly contained within the fossil fuel industry where they, even then they get swapped across to other new industries. So there is this whole industrial change happening where you are going to have to be a bit more creative with your business, I think. But the returns on that are going to be far above and beyond perhaps what you've been doing already. It does rather feel like the stars are aligning mm. and now's the time to do it both because we really have to yeah. and you know it's now time to act the clock is very very close close to you know the alarms going off but also that you know a lot of the solutions are now actually cheaper than they were a couple of years ago so if you go back and you look through your systems and processes it's actually quite remarkable how actually the the right in inverted commas option is probably cheaper and easier and fits better with what you're trying to achieve than than the legacy option that you've got so you're probably going to improve your business you're probably you know your systems and your processes you're going to reduce your costs and you're going to do the right thing for the planet too i think that's, that's a really good point to pick up on actually and just go it might even be more expensive in the short term but it's it's changing how you're making your decisions because if you're looking at it over a 2 3 4 5 year period a lot of these options do become cheaper where the energy efficient thing up front is slightly more expensive, but you make the money back quite easily over two, three years. And I think with the past six months, we've really seen that with, with COVID and affecting supply chains, meaning that if you are shipping stuff from abroad, you don't have product, you can't sell it, you don't make money. Whereas if you're producing it locally, maybe from a waste stream of like that circular economy side of things, you're suddenly more resilient because your, your supply is coming from down the road. Therefore, you can get a hold of it much more easily. If you're insulating your premises, you're not as you're not using as much gas, and therefore, when the gas goes up by five times or however much it has in the international market over the past six months, you're not really affected by that because you're using wind and solar. So you're again, you're more resilient to that. And the same with petrol prices, isn't that if you're driving to work in electric vehicles or using the electric delivery vans or even electric cargo bikes in city areas, again, petrol shortages don't affect you, so your operation can still keep going. So. Those things might cost a little bit more to 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 make that switch and make that jump, uh, to make that kind of jump over, or they might be cheaper. But typically, no matter how you look at it, over the next five years, they're, they're far cheaper. So it's really just changing how you're thinking about your decision making as well, and making sure that you're not just looking at it from a save the planet point of view. But there are a lot of very positive business resilience actions to come out of it as well. And one of the big things which. I, I heard loud and clear when I attended one of your workshops on this and which I think anyway that as retailers, as people we are bad at doing is actually talking about the steps we've made forward. You mentioned about you know the carrot being that consumers want to be making better choices. They want us to reduce their, their levels of anxiety around the choices by telling them what's happening. So they've got that you know checklist. They know what we are and who we stand for. But I think a lot of retailers think they have to be 100% perfect before they can talk about or mention in their marketing or put out on social something they've done. You know, it's like um, you mentioned about re removing the return slips from, mm. the, from all the parcels. I'm sure there are conversations going, oh, yeah, we, we moved the return slips. That's brilliant. Um, someone going, can I put it on social? Oh, no. No, because if you put it on social, they'll point out the fact that we're still using plastic bags to send out our products in, or they'll point out the fact that not every single one of our clothing items is manufactured 
in a in the perfect way or yeah. that our our CEO drives a, a petrol Jaguar or something, you know. It seems that we we feel like we need to be perfect. And as hopefully listeners have realized by now, we're we're talking about all these subjects here on the podcast. We are e-commerce master plan is by no means perfect. We have such a long way to go. But we've we owe it. You know, one of the key things we should be doing on the journey to net zero is shouting about it to other people. So as retailers, we should be sharing every small step we take to inspire consumers to to buy from us, but also to to follow in our in our path and to inspire our you know our peers in the industry too. Sorry, that's Chloe's rant on the subject. Um, Adam, what what are you seeing work? What, what advice would you give to someone who's a little bit nervous, maybe about about taking that step of shouting about what they're doing in this space? Yeah, I think your rant is very on the on the money, really. I think there's, there's two key points to pick up from there. One of which is that consumers trust people who are honest more. And the second is around climate delayism, which is kind of replacing climate denial. So I'll come to that in a minute. But the first one is a more positive message around there's a, a report, which I'll send a link over so we can put it in the show notes by Futura, where I can't remember the stats on it. But they did a study around consumer behaviors in the UK against brands who were doing bad things versus those who admitted they did bad things. And the response to the people who admitted they did bad things was far higher in terms of the trust that remained because people don't necessarily care what you're doing. They care why you're doing it. So if you're doing bad things because you're in the process of shifting your like factories over or whatever it is, and you said, like, look, we're, you know, we're, we're acknowledging this. It is bad. We're, we're doing our best. It's going to take us six months before we are better. That's all customers still kind of like that. I think the, the whole greenwashing thing typically comes from when businesses are actively trying to misdirect you in terms of what they're doing. So an example of this might be someone like Brewdog, where they're being accused a lot of greenwashing at the minute because they said that they're carbon neutral, but actually what they've done is they've bought a bunch of land and they're not actually managing the tree planting process at all. They're just planting trees. And then if they die, they don't necessarily have a, a robust policy in place for that. And that's where the greenwashing is coming from because it feels like you're being cheated to a light or being misdirected a little bit. Whereas I think if you are doing tree planting or something with an organization that has policies in place for that, that then removes that risk from it because there is a, a, a very real connection that they can see that you've thought about it. And I think that's the key thing is demonstrating that thought process and that you are, you're doing your best, essentially. There are still going to be some customers who it's not right for. Um, there's always those difficult customers. So that's fine put those in a box and deal with them accordingly. But I think it is the for the majority of people, they just want to basically see what you're doing. And I think there's a good, I can't remember the brand um, now, but they did a report onto why they use plastic bottles and not glass. Cause a lot of the customers had been saying, well, you know, we, we want to go plastic free to use glass instead. They, they looked into the, the maths of it. They'd done the reports and done the life cycle assessment of a plastic dishwasher. Um, I think it was called Wilton, a, a plastic laundry pot versus a glass one. They're saying, well, actually, using recycled plastic to manufacture these bottles is a far lower carbon footprint than using glass because the glass bottles are heavier in transport. They often get broken. They take more energy to, to recycle. So there's more emissions generated using them than, than the plastic ones. So that kind of transparency of going, look, we've thought about it. This is why is something you can stand behind. That's the first it, one. Yes, I love those examples. So, so the second one was a, a term I hadn't come across before, climate delayism. Yes. So this is around, there's a, there's a really good article from Carbon Brief, which again, we'll send across to be in the show notes, but they do, I think it was 
it was Oxford or Cambridge kind of they did a report on the different narratives that are now in the press around uh, climate inaction and climate delayism. So one of those being, I can't remember all four, but there's, there's four categories they fall into, but one of them was policy perfectionism, where people would attack policies or actions for not being perfect. And I think electric vehicles are a good example of this, where we know from the science that an electric vehicle will generate less emissions over its lifetime than a petrol car. However, extracting and building the, the, the electric car still generates some emissions. And that's something you can get away from. But a lot of people would attack the electric car for not being perfect and for not having zero emissions, even though it's you know a 90% reduction or whatever it might be over a petrol one. And it's that idea of this, rather than looking at things being better or worse, it's got to be absolutely perfect. And that, you know, building a wind turbine can't generate any emissions whatsoever, but we're quite happy to, you know, fire on the heating and put gas on all the time, even though we know that makes emissions. So it's this it's this idea that the requirements for a lot of the, the changes that are being made need to be absolutely perfect. And that's what's delaying the, this kind of climate action. And it's just a really interesting article that probably just stuff away from e-commerce a little bit, but it's something that you will look out for in your daily life and start seeing where people who are discussing this and the reasons where you might come up against internally against reasons for not doing it are actually falling into this climate delayism trap. And that is something you need to be very aware of to step back from and go, actually, no, that's not good enough. We need to do it because it's better, not because it's perfect. This is a journey to net zero. It's not a, you know, a massive switch we suddenly hit. So let's just get on and do something that is better than that you know, might not be perfect for everyone. Yeah. Everyone, please talk about how you're making these improvements, why you're making them and, and educate your customers because it will help. It will have more impact than just what you do yourselves. We are we're starting to run out of time. So we're going to have to move into the top tips in a moment. But just remember that we are heading on the journey. And what we're now doing here on e-commerce master plan is we are providing all of you listening with loads of examples of e-commerce businesses and retailers who are starting to make those changes, how it's impacting the growth of their business and how it's also um, how they're talking about it. So if you want examples of this, just listen to anything we put out since December because it's it's coming thick and fast for all of you, quite frankly. We're going to be giving you loads of examples and helping you on this journey as we go through 2022. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. The B Profit Profit Calculator app was a Shopify staff pick in 2021 and has been rated 4.9 by their users in more than 200 reviews on the Shopify app store. They also integrate with WooCommerce, Wix and very soon Amazon. Merchants love BeProfit because it makes it really easy to get the profitability data you need to make better decisions in your business. With it, you can discover your true business profits, pinpoint your most profitable ad platforms, ad sets and individual ads, discover your most and least profitable products, analyse lifetime value by cohorts and create, export and share custom reports. Join thousands of online sellers who already make sense of their data with the BeProfit app and get 15% off BeProfit using the discount code MASTERPLAN15. That's one five. Just go to beprofit.co, B-E-P-R-O-F-I-T dot C-O. Looking for a way to boost sales while providing top-notch experience to your customers? You need SMS flows from Yotpo SMS Bump. 
an easy way to integrate multi-step automated sequences to get the right message to the right customer at the right time. There are over 40 ready-made flows available to get you started, including, of course, abandoned cart recovery, upselling and cross-selling. Yotpo SMS bumps customers who set up SMS flows see four times higher ROI than with simple automations. So get signed up and set them up now. As Bishoy Keller from Truewood says, our abandoned cart flow is sitting at 35 times ROI, whilst our Facebook and Google ads for retargeted traffic sits at just three to five times. The results with Yotpo SMS Bump have been phenomenal. Start your SMS journey with Yotpo SMS Bump and get a month of text messages for free at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash SMS Bump. That's ecommercemasterplan.com slash SMSBUMP. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Adam, are you ready for the top tips? I am. I embrace them ready. Excellent. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So this isn't going to make your business better. It's also going to make your life better. So you're getting a a double win here. And it's a really nice one that you can dip in and out of. So it's a good reference guide. And it's called How Bad Are Bananas by Mike Berners-Lee, who I think is the brother of Tim Berners-Lee, the internet founder. Um, So it's, it's a really... It's quite a short book, but it's a real punchy one where it has basically the lists of a lot of the carbon costs of a lot of different items. So, for example, train travel from Glasgow to London versus flying from Glasgow to London. How much does that have? A paper bag, um, an A4 sheet of paper, a flight to Barbados. It's got this whole scale of metrics of the rough carbon cost of all these different items. And I think it's really useful for business owners to have as a reference guide, really, to go, actually, we are thinking of going from x to y what does that really mean in a carbon way in a way that you don't have to get carbon consultants that and and pay them involved necessarily oh nice quick reference guide i like i like that one i will be buying it straight after we finish recording um the traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves so i'm always going to come back to this one but i'm going to bang the old seo drum again um and uh, you know I, i can can be it would be a disservice not to, but I think the way that Small 99 has kind of grown so far is by answering questions. This net zero industry is full of questions that people don't really know the answers to. And whatever industry you're selling e-commerce wise in, I think it's you're still going to have a whole amount of questions that people don't know about your products that you can write the answers to. And it's just quite simply a really cheap, fantastic, scalable way to consistently get people onto your site for many years. You don't need to necessarily, there's no secret hack to it. There's no minimum blog post length or anything like that. Just just genuinely answer the question to your best of your abilities and, and you'll probably be fine from an SEA point of view. Not to put the entire industry out of uh, business. But, <laughs> right. So just talking simply one page per question. Yes, exactly. So it's nice. real simple, but yeah, it works. We like that. Uh, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? So again, I think tying the SEO and the Sunlight and I think together, just email automation, whatever platform it is, has really saved me so much time in answering common questions and really being able to carve out uh, an, an onboarding journey or a user journey, which gives people the confidence to then go to the next level, whether that's in purchasing services or whether that's in just taking action on 
net zero. So I think there's plenty of, there's a lot of really good email automation software out there right now. Um, Clavio being the main favorite. And then I also use drip for, um, small 99. It's just saved me so much time and so many hours of answering the same question over and over again. So again, tying it into the previous tip, <laughs> once you've written those blog posts, get them into a series to onboard and, and just nudge people towards that conversion point and, and build their confidence in what you sell. So that they're always primed to sell once you need to. Very nice. Uh, finally, then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Write a bloody environmental policy. It's not necessarily a growth top tip, but I think just recently I've been going through so many different companies and I've not bought from them because I've scrolled down to the bottom, looked in their footer to see what are they doing for the environment because they seem like they might be quite a good company and there's nothing there. And I just instantly go, well, I don't really have the confidence in this company. So this isn't going to be a, a rapid growth top tip. It's not something that's going to transform your business in the short term. But if you want to have the resilience over the next two, three years to to, to grow, start looking at your environmental policy or lack of it and, and start putting something together. And as Chloe mentioned earlier, it just needs to be simple and, and just say what you're doing. It doesn't need to be anything complicated. Yeah, by the time this goes live, it isn't as the time we're recording it. By the time this goes live, there will be one on our website um, <laughs> outlining our journey. I think we're going to call it a journey rather than a policy because, um, yeah, we have a long way to go. Um, right. That was brilliant. Thank you very much, Adam. Now, before we say goodbye, could you let listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? And tell us a little bit more about what Small99 does too, please. Yeah, so, so we're really trying to just simplify the journey to net zero and give you kind of baby steps and re reduce the overwhelm. That's the main task we're here to do is is that overwhelming, kind of terrifying void that you're currently facing is just holding your hand and going, do you know what? This isn't that complicated. Just Let's just take steps at a time. So the main thing I'd ask you to do really is go onto Small99 website at the top right. There should be a, a big button that says net zero um, score or net zero something. Click on that and then that will ask you 10, 15, 20 questions that are non-technical about your business and give you then some personalized uh, advice on the things that you can start doing and changing to, to make your business a bit better. So it's a great starting point. It's really designed to be very simple and, and non-threatening. So yeah, get stuck in there. And what's the URL again, please? Uh, so if you go to small99.co.uk forward slash measure, I'm 90% sure that that is the right um, URL. So, yeah. But you will find it top right if you go to small99.co.uk and that's yep. 99 with the number nine and the number nine. So, S-M-A-L-L-99.co.uk. And that's um, pretty relevant for anyone wherever they are in the world. Um, although, obviously, when it comes down to the legal and the grants and the money stuff, you're a bit more UK focused because to cover 200 countries would drive one insane. But but most of what you're putting out there is going to be relevant wherever someone is in the world. Absolutely, especially at, at that level. Um, it's more of a mindset thing almost than it is a, a particular practical thing. And even the grants we're finding in the UK, it's, it's almost county-based than it is um, UK-based. So yeah, the grant landscape is a, a whole separate thing again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very complicated. We're definitely not getting into that on the show. Um, Adam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, it's been brilliant catching up with you as it always is. And I suspect you'll be back again in the near future to help us out with some more uh, some more focused topics around this area. So, um, so thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. There's always plenty more to c c cover and tackle in this uh, climate crisis. So we still be here. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
always a total pleasure to catch up with Adam. He brings such insight and clarity to things, um, which in this area in particular is greatly required. So you've got two reasons to go net zero. The stick side of it is legislation on big business, which is going to affect the supply chain. So therefore it's going to affect you. And sooner or later, the legislation is going to affect you anyway. Uh, The carrot side of it, consumers care about this. They are anxious to do the right thing. So let's help them lower their anxiety levels. Let's help them make their decisions easy. It's time to start changing now and to shout about what you're doing. Be honest, don't greenwash, that's faking it, or green hush, hiding your light under a bushel. And there's a lot of ways to make some quick impact. Um, As well as an About Us page, have an Our Journey to Net Zero page on your website and update it at least once every six months, if not more frequently. To get your hands on the notes for today's from today's show, even including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find links to lots of things, including our episode explaining our new focus, which is episode 359, and our episode from sister podcast Keep Optimizing where I am chatting with Maria Soleil about shouting about your purpose throughout your marketing. So that's episode 77 on the Keep Optimizing podcast. Now, when you're on the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many other things I have, I share even to help you improve your business and go further along your path to net zero. That includes notifications as episodes go live and details of the webinar I will be hosting to round off our January growth series where I'll be sharing my take on where you should focus for maximum impact in 2022. Now, we've only got one more JGS episode, that's January growth series episode, to go live. So now is the time to go back and have a listen to any of those episodes that you've missed. And from next week, we go back to just one episode every Monday. So you'll have a bit of time to catch up if you've been struggling with that. Thank you so much for tuning in to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every episode because I want to inspire and help as many of you as possible to succeed and thrive with your businesses, both to make it more successful and to turn it into a force for good for our planet. If you know someone else this show can help, tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Feeling overwhelmed by your business metrics? Be Profit provides you with a unique profit dashboard that's flexible and intuitive. The app turns complex data into easy to understand charts and graphs so you can truly understand the financial health of your store day in, day out. Be Profit gives you the power to master your numbers. Get 15% off Be Profit using the discount code MASTERPLAN15. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-P-L-A-N-1-5 at beprofit.co, B-E-P-R-O-F-I-T dot C-O.